A reading from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 to 7. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of their burden and the staff for their shoulder, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David, and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. The word of the Lord. The Lord be with you. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to their own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angel went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, 
Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. The Gospel of Christ. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Father, we ask that you renew our eagerness to see and share your gospel, even as your Son shepherds us now unto the appointed end when the world is reborn to perfection. We pray in his name. Amen. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field. They were keeping watch over their flock by night. Our Christmas reflection this morning is about the shepherds. It's about the shepherds. See, after Joseph and Mary, the shepherds were the first to come face to face with the infant God. They were also first to bear witness to this wonder foretold with everyone that they bumped into. We're again invited to reflect on the Christmas story, and I want to bring our attention on the shepherds. What is it about the shepherds that reveal who God is for us and How can we then live out our faith, if you're a Christian, in light of what happened to the shepherds? So as Luke writes about Christmas, he first zooms out and unfurls the backdrop of the story. It's a dark and bleak backdrop of empire in those days. He says, Caesar made a royal decree that everyone in the realm should register, mainly so tax records are up to date so that he could keep the gears of the machinery going with the sweat of his subjects. Those were in those days. But in these days, in these days, our leaders still decree over others. No less dark, no less bleak for us than the backdrop of Christmas. Even in these days, those with power yet lord it over those below them. Those with power herd others like cattle, treat them like cattle, exploit them like cattle, slaughter them like cattle. The backdrop of our world is not much different than the backdrop of Christmas. Bad shepherds, bad shepherds, one after the other, trying to herd and corral the world like it were their cattle, bad shepherds. But then in verse 8, Luke zooms in, he zooms in from that backdrop, and he zooms into this tiny pixel in his very dark canvas. It's nighttime, it says. And Luke focuses on other shepherds, different shepherds. But unlike Caesar, these shepherds have no power. Uh, We should not imagine these shepherds to be only men. Uh, It's possible some shepherds were boys or girls, youths. Or even women doing the menial, boring, dirty, and even dangerous work at night out in the elements looking after sheep they probably did not own. 
Uh, they were hired to look after other people's property. So then we hear another royal decree. Caesar made a royal decree. We hear another royal decree. But unlike Caesar, God makes his royal decree not to empire, not to the world, not to very important people with glitzy glamour and wealth, but to these shepherds who had no power, who had no property. They were decreed by God to go and register as it were, that is to clue in, clue into the miracle that had happened hidden from your sight. I'm making it known to you. What had happened that there was a royal birth not too far from where you are right now, shepherds. See, at the time it was customary then as it is today for imperial and royal families to evangelize, evangelize as it were to their realms to share the good news of the birth of an heir, especially if a male descendant was born. Now these shepherds were first to hear of this royal evangel, this royal decree that a savior to Christ who is Lord was born in the city of David, born to this dark, bleak, imperial world that had only known of being herded around and corralled like cattle by bad shepherds after bad shepherds. That's all the world has known. That's all we've known. But the evangel was plain enough for the shepherds to understand, but no less bewildering to them. See, if these shepherds were observant Jews, that is, they attended synagogue each Saturday, the shepherds would have understood enough that about Messiah Christ, the Savior, the Lord of Israel, who would be the heir of good King David. David himself being a shepherd who became king. He first looked after dirty sheep before himself leading out Israel out of the Philistine oppression. It was thousands of years ago at this time. Now they now hear, these shepherds, that this Savior Christ had just been born in the city of David. Christ is to be now this good shepherd, king like David before him. But he is to be the better shepherd king, for he was destined to shepherd not only Israel, but also the world, the whole world. We read from Isaiah how that Christ would shepherd his people, not treat them like cattle, not exploit them like cattle, not herd them like cattle, not corral them like cattle. It says of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it, uphold it with justice, with righteousness from this time forth forevermore. Now, having heard the evangel in plain terms, the shepherds said among themselves, let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. This thing that has happened that we have no idea about, but the Lord has made known to us. And then Luke wrote that the shepherds went in haste, meaning they probably left all their stuff. And most significantly, they left all their sheep out in the field. See, if you're rushing to go somewhere, hurting a bunch of animals with you will certainly slow you down. Right? God forbid if there's a fire in your house, you're out there quick, you're out there quick, fast. It would be fairly foolish for you to go back for your cats, go back for your dogs. That would be fairly foolish given the situation. See, these shepherds just saw fire from heaven as it were, but not the dangerous kind. And they booked it fast. They were told to go in haste, not from fear, but with 
now with swelling eagerness, risking to lose everything they had and what they had known. They would risk their jobs, their responsibilities, their own self of existence and, and, and their sense of self and purpose. They were abandoning what they were first entrusted to them as they were now entrusted by God with a far more superior, a far weightier, a more priceless thing. Now this evangel from heaven, the good news from heaven. It was said by Jesus when he had grown up, for the kingdom of heaven is like, it is like treasure that's buried, hidden out of your sight in the field, which someone stumbled upon. And you know what? He hid it again. And from joy over it, sells all that they had to buy that field, to get that treasure buried under the field. It's hidden from our sight, from the world's sight, but it's made known to you. You somehow stumble upon it from a friend, from a situation. You walk into church. You just live around the neighborhood here. If we're to follow after the shepherds, there are things, there are things we must be willing to lose, to risk, to abandon, to let go of and leave behind in order that we may be entrusted by God with better things, with heavenly things, with things of not of this earth. Could we risk all that we may see and experience for ourselves, God's promises fulfilled in us, around us, and in the lives of others? Would we risk to become fools and to be perceived as Fools, to give up the world for the hidden mysteries and treasures of God? Could we even let go of our pride, our anger, our bitterness, unforgiveness, our reputation, our need for religious perfection or moral excellence or career just so that we can finally be entrusted with the things of God? Perhaps we're carrying a lot of stuff in ourselves. The shepherds teach us to go in haste, leaving behind what is fleeting and cumbersome, and to see anew this thing that has happened. To see this thing that has happened, even though we did not know it. Now, the shepherds would have not taken long to locate the baby. They were said, like, go, go find the baby in the manger. And they went to Bethlehem. Bethlehem was a pretty small village after all. It would have not taken them long. And seeing the child, we don't know how long the shepherds even lingered. But they immediately went out, according to Luke, and shared the news to whomever they bumped into. And now notice what they did not do. Notice what the shepherds did not do. They didn't crowd around baby Jesus and overstayed their visit. They didn't wrestle and fight for baby Jesus, claiming him as their own. He, he's my Messiah. He's going to be the Savior of Israel. Let's keep him. Let's make him king right now. Later on, that's what they did to Jesus, but he wouldn't let them. They didn't try to get in, in, in with Mary and Joseph, asking them all the questions. They didn't do any of that. They didn't build an altar or temple on the spot. They didn't loiter in the wonder and grandeur of the moment. Rather, they went out immediately 
praising, sharing, giving glory to God for all that they've heard and seen. See, much in the same way in the church, Jesus, so to speak, is not for Christians to keep for ourselves, to bottle him up in a shrine, in our sense of nostalgia, in our Bibles and theology books, just keep him in there, or in political and religious slogans. No, the angel announced that I bring good tidings of great joy that is for all the people. For all the people. Not just for people who go to church. Not just for people who fit in, they're well-mannered and they're put together. No, Jesus is for all the world to be shared like bread that is broken and you give it to the other person. Like news proclaimed of victory and the end of war. Like the declaration of peace and the inauguration of a new era of a kingdom coming. Put it another way. Jesus is for Christians to shepherd. Jesus is for Christians to shepherd. Now that's an odd phrase, but what do I mean? There's uh, much speculation on why the shepherds uh, were chosen as the first recipients of the Christian evangel. See, the popular thought is that uh, shepherds were poor and lonely, lowly they were, and God chose them in his solidarity with the marginalized, his privileging the unprivileged as the first witness. I think that's true and good. That's who God is. But perhaps we can also look at it from another angle. Luke was simply describing how these shepherds did their jobs, as shepherds should do their jobs. But with a twist, there's a twist. Because shepherds are hired and entrusted with the care of people's sheep, that in the end of the day, the shepherds would return the sheep back to their owners. That's what they did. Shepherds are entrusted with the care of something. At the end of the day, they would hand it over afterwards. And that's exactly what the shepherds did. Except the twist was that they originally had sheep, but then at the end of the day, they were handing out to everyone the good news that Messiah was born today. See, right in the middle of it all, God entrusted the shepherds with the news of the son's birth, and the shepherds handed over the news to others at the end of the day, as shepherds should do. The interesting thing is, the shepherds were not told to share the news at all. They were only told to go and see for themselves. Just go and see, look for the baby. That's all they were told to do by the angel. They were entrusted by God with the news, but they chose, they volunteered as good shepherds to share, return the news, hand it over. It's not ours to keep. The shepherds did as the shepherds would do. They won't keep what was entrusted to them at the end of the day. They won't keep what was entrusted to them for themselves at the end of the day. Of the day. Likewise, Christians are entrusted by God with the care of the gospel to be shepherds and stewards of this evangel, not for us to keep and hoard for ourselves, but to carry it through valleys and hills, through the ages and through the nations, through time and space, so that at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we would have shared it. We would have lived it. We would have seen it and handed over to the people. I bring good tidings of great joy. That is 
for you, for you, for you, for you, for you, for all the people, for the world. We are shepherds of good news, shepherds after our good shepherd king who has come on Christmas to oust, to put away the bad shepherds of the world, put them away, to shepherd all that he has made to its appointed goal, the new creation, leading his flock to pastures evergreen and to streams of living water. Now, Charles Jennings, name you probably have not recognized, but he actually was the lyrical composer, uh, composer for Handel's Messiah. He drew out from the King James Bible in the Book of Common Prayer to put together the pieces for Messiah. Now, the only scene from the Gospels in Messiah that Jennings drew out, it's the only scene from the Gospels, is the angelic annunciation to the shepherds. And then he juxtaposed it with Jesus' own words, but in the third person. We see how Jennings understood Christmas as Christ shepherding his flock. That's how Jennings understood Christmas. This is what he wrote from the Bible. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd, and he shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. Come unto him, all ye that labor. Come unto him, all ye that are heavy laden, and he will give you rest. Take his yoke upon you and learn of him, for he is meek and lowly of heart. And ye shall find the rest. Ye shall find rest for your souls. This Christmas season, let us be renewed in our vision of the Christ child who has come as our shepherd king. And let us go after the example of the shepherds. That is in haste to share what we've seen to the end that all may believe in him who is shepherding us, shepherding all of creation to perfection of all things. His name is Jesus. He is the Christ, our Messiah. Would we believe in him and share of his good news? Amen. You've just listened to a podcast from Little Trinity Church in Toronto. Please check out our website at www.littletrinity.org to find out more about our ministries and services.